and lo and behold, I came back from a road trip one day and met one of the very bosses I had left behind on one of my previous <laughs> employments. And of course, he took me off the roster, took my show off the roster, took everything down, took me off. He basically shut me down for five months. That was last time on Paradise Lost. So, Louis gets his marching orders, where his enemies had combined and finally managed to squeeze him out of media. That phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, coming to life here. The father of talk shows, who always had a station to run to, was finally cornered with nowhere to run to. He hadn't seen any of that coming. Things were bad. His professional life had just come to an end. But his personal life was just about to take an even worse trajectory. My name has swung in that story to date, courtesy of you know where, the media houses. The same people who have the capacity to find the truth. They refuse to go the right direction and get all the facts they need and drop this up. No. They want to leave it hanging limbo. And I'm thinking, do Kenyans actually think I'm that powerful? I could take somebody's life and then walk around a free man. Am I that powerful? Welcome to this serialized story of Louis Otieno. If you are joining us on this episode, this is Paradise Lost. Hey, brother. How was your weekend? Oh, well, not so good. I think there's there's been some rain or something on this side. Mm-hmm. Odd kind of rain, not like proper rain, like... Yes, The weather's changed. But I told you, when that happens, it affects my nerves. Mm-hmm. So I've not been feeling too well. Today is one of... Uh, the hardest yes. since Saturday. Because I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Being for me is sick. Being sick is a luxury, man. February 14th, 2012. The body of Karin Chepchumba was discovered in her apartment. This death on Valentine's Day would spread like a wildfire in newsrooms. The family of Karin said she had been unresponsive for a few days and decided to check on her at her apartment. Besides her body, there was also discovered what seemed like a suicide note. But Karin's family and Louis Otieno 
were now locked in a very publicly complicated situation. First, interesting and also very sad. Uh, this is a story of a young lady who I think was at the prime of her age and, and career and one who led a very quiet life. This is Dennis Onsarigo, the only journalist who investigated the death of Karin Chepchumba. And they, these two people developed a very, um, not weird, but uh, according to you, they developed a very cordial relationship where they could share a lot among themselves. So they, they became very, very close and they could talk about issues and, and they just became very good friends. So, and then the family was not very keen about their relationship. Um, so that was one source of conflict, I think, uh, from from the look of things, from the investigations uh, that I I managed to lay my hands on. And, and apart from that, uh, uh, this girl was very very close to to his stepfather. Uh, so it was a mix of of, of many things. So a mix of many things. As much as, to be honest with you, uh, it was a relationship that did not. Um, add up to some point uh, as far as uh, Louis and, and the girl was concerned. Karin Chepchumba and Louis Otieno developed some kind of a friendship as they shared a building together. The family was uncomfortable with it, but a lot and perhaps everything rests on understanding the nature of this relationship. Louis says, there was nothing wrong in that relationship with Karin. Karin was my friend. And I was sad to lose a good friend. Like that. Like a whiff of smoke. But what the media made out of it, I honestly cannot understand. I don't know. They said things, so many things which were not true. But I know you're cowards. Because you write things, you don't ask me about them. You just write. The entire murder had so many grey areas. No one took time to go back and ask this question, this pertinent question. Indeed, that's Dennis Onsarigo again. The fact that there was a young lady involved with a celebrity, or a powerful man if you like, the framing of the story of Karin's death became somewhat sensational. It did fit too well, an already well-exploited narrative. A young woman and a powerful man. All the while, the facts of this case were simply, well, not too important. A few things to remember, though. Karin lived with her parents in a flat, and Louis was their neighbor. I, I mean, that, that, that's where I think the police lost the entire plot of investigating this matter. So, Let's bring you back to the plot. According to the night guard, um, I think the girl was dropped uh, at the apartment a day before by the father and, and the son. This is how Karin's body was found, with a suicide note that was blaming Louis for a lot of things. This suicide note was voiced in Dennis Onsarigo's investigations. Dear Dad, I really don't know where to start. I have so much to say. It's been a tough year for you and mom. The worry I have put you through, the pain, the upset, it has been so hard for the family. 
All the misery was caused because of my selfish, conflicted and unreasonable behavior. I've thought about it and now I know why I chose the path that I did. Why I feel in the love with a man so horrible, so manipulative. A predator who takes advantage of the innocence and vulnerability. Oh, I was young, trusting and unassuming. Why I did not respect you? Why I did these things that hurt you so much? I have stolen, lied, and a host of other unbelievable things that put me into a deep pit. I can never take that back. For a long time, I wasn't thinking. I simply did not think, and then it all wasn't wrong. I didn't think about the consequences, the hurt, the pain that you would feel as a result of my actions, and before I knew it, I had done wrong and disappointed you. I'm sorry. I sincerely want to become a much better person, better than what I ever was. The past few months have also been a huge life lesson. I've learned of things I never knew existed. I'm going to show you how much you mean to me. Do the little things that make you smile inside and out make you proud? From now on, I will make good decisions which will benefit us all and in the long run, make you a happier man. I love you, Dad. I am to love you more than I ever have. I respect, honor, and treasure you and mom. CK. Um, from the look of things, um, there was no handwriting expert who, one, could ascertain that that was her handwriting. Um, there were no notes to compare. That was a big failure. This is just the beginning of what looks like a bungling of investigations. The police found themselves between a rock and a hard place. Karin's family is a family of influence. And the person at the center of it, as supposedly accused, at least in the public eye, Louis Otieno, is also influential. The spinning began even before the DNA. And I don't want to do accusations, but I know who was responsible because they started it from day one. And they started pushing that angle that I know something about it, that I have something to do with it. And that's the angle they started pushing very aggressively. When people tell me, walk up to me, or ask me, how did the case go? And I look at them and I say, what case? Exactly. What case? Because the investigations into the death of Karin was so bad that to date, police have no suspect and the public doesn't know what happened to a budding 26-year-old lady. It was all left to be sorted out by an inquest. It appears there was some activity and from the post-mortem report, it appeared that this girl might have, might have had uh, some sexual intercourse with an unknown person before she died. And, and, and she was very clean by the time her body was discovered. So that means um, she was not in danger because uh, there's no sign of struggle apart from some marks around her neck. And uh, so people were supposed to be people of interest. One was the okay because of the signal that was there. And then secondly, uh, I think police overlooked um, investigating, for example, some of his, some of the family members who are last with the daughter. And, and I think the failure was police did not uh, deploy what what they call the theory of elimination. Put everyone on the scene and then from there decide 
what goes where. What Dennis is talking about here is an investigative method that sleuths use to put everyone in the scene and remove them one by one. The killer of Karin left a lot of evidence behind. Forehand is called the forearm. It had a very deep breeze, and those breezes are called defense injuries. And as I told you, they always occur when the other person is conscious, is alert to what is happening, and therefore they try to ward off, to keep off the attacker. This is government pathologist Dr. Njue, who examined Karin's body. Whoever is the suspect at the center of this homicide was obviously known by the victim, Karin. The cause of death was manual strangulation. So, at this point, let's rule out the suicide theory here. You had the note in the beginning. This was homicide, as you've heard from Dr. Njue, not suicide. And at this point, one wonders why would the killer or Karin want people to think it was suicide. This was never pursued by investigators. But there's more revelation here. And this was all recounted to the inquest. There was sexual activity. And the person who killed Karin was very well known to her. And of course somebody can attack you from the back. But these ones were from the front. One, because of the position of the injuries. And two, the... the, the the injury also on the arm was, was like from the front. She had, some, um, she had some marks around her neck, but police were not able to say whose marks were they. And again, they did not even lift any fingerprints from these marks around her neck. And so, from the outset, the case was not being investigated to find a culprit. And Louis says he recognized this in the beginning and offered to give his DNA to investigators, clear his name. The one thing you find out, even when they say shouting about DNA, I am the one who stepped up to do a DNA test. It was my decision, it was my choice. Because I know him. I'm my God. In fact, my advocate, when I took out the advocate, he was very upset. And I did that. And my motivation was this to put everything straight. As Louis giving out his DNA, the police didn't even close the question of who had access to Karin Chepchumba up to the moment she died. Mimi nilingia pa 6.30, nika take over. Chua kwa kaida, tuna patrol, na skali wa uziku. Kama kuna shida, anaanda ofa kwangu, anaenda. Kama kuna kitu mugeni, namuliza, ananiambia. So, hiyo siku nilingia, 6.30, kaanda ofa, nikapatroli kama kawaida, akaenda. So, majua hapa watu wengi huwapa, wanaenda shop. So, kwa hiyo harakati ya sukui, kila watu walikuwa mechomoka wakienda. So, ilifika paesa ina hivi. Uh, unajua ya likuwa nanda paesa mbili na nusu mpaka saa tatu na nusu wapa metoka. So siyo siku siku muona kitoka. This is Dismas Ochonga, a guard at Karin's apartment. His statement is that once Karin was dropped home by the father and brother, she didn't leave for work until she was found dead. 
His statement is backed by the caretaker of the apartment, Kamulusi Wandera. Watu wa maji walikuja wakitaka kudisconnect maji yao msichana. Na obvious mimi niko na namba zao na wapiganga simu nikuajilisha maji yenu inakatwa. Leo siku eh nita yao msichana alikuwa mmoja wapo kwa zile zenye zuko zimelipwa kwa Nairobi water. Ndeni nikemcall. Kumcall hiyo ilikuwa siku ya Monday hiyo, siku ya Monday. Kumcall haku hakuwa na response yangu hakuwa na shika. Sasa vile nilimpigia hiyo simu hakikosa kushika. Nilijaribu tena mara nyingine ya pili. Hakushika. Mbapo calls yangu ilikuwa mara mbili hakushika. After hiyo sasa nike nikajiuliza niliuliza huyu askari huyu msichana alitoka ama ako ndani askari akaniambia hajemuona the case file on Karin Chepchumba is a frustrating read all the investigators needed is all they are to nail the killer or the killers the family during the burial of their daughter strangely struck a reconciliating tone i want to offer the same opportunity to whoever it is in his act that god is available to forgive and to receive such in heaven that's hosea kili karin chepchumba's stepfather louis told the inquest that to find the killers of karin investigators needed to look keenly at the relationship he had with his stepdaughter louis claims karin told him that she was a victim of sexual violence. That's when Karin told me, I'm a victim of sexual abuse. This relationship that Louis had built with Karin, he says, opened Karin to share her most deepest secrets. That's really difficult because my mom knows about it. Oh, that was a bad moment. Most of the time it was an issue of uh, who packs for the father, uh, Traveling clothes, find your own face. If you can, and shortly after that, she moved out. Did you encourage her to move out? I did. She's my friend. So, Louis meddles in this family situation, he says. His testimony is that the 26-year-old was at risk, and as a friend, he was helping her, but... Before that move there was an incident at the apartment. That was a really bad night. What happened? There was a ruckus upstairs. Need I remind you that all these allegations, claims and counterclaims are on record. Police file that eventually ended up as case file for the inquest. So, uh, there were issues where uh, some family members would say that There was a disagreement between her and the step and the mother. So, according to Louis, Karin was going through a lot and she just needed a shoulder to lean on. When the news of Karin's death broke out, one of the questions that was raised was that apparently Karin had gotten herself into some financial hole. It was alleged that she was supporting the lifestyle of her celebrity boyfriend and borrowed some 10 million shillings in the process. Karin was not my retirement plan. 
if it were true, it was reflected in many ways, in my rent, in my vehicles, it did not. Kareem had found a way, at least to do something she found interesting. And she found my schedule interesting. So she would actually say, I'll do this. You go in that direction. I can go this direction and do this. And those are the things that became the things she's supposed to be taking money from family using on me. You can't sustain me like that. Sporadic in infusing of money into my system. How does that sustain? I don't even know how it became I thought the media does anyway. I don't even know how she became my girlfriend. And it became a given. All the conversation was his girlfriend. I said, when did that happen? I thought I would know. Was she your girlfriend? That's okay. She was not. If she was, don't you think I'd be the first to know? As you had earlier, Louis really thought the DNA sample he provided will get the investigators out of his back. It did not. So the story of DNA comes up again. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, this I took an advocate, and I said, if anybody calls me again to do a DNA test, oblivious of the fact that I'm the one who did a DNA test, and nobody else has been tested, here's the thing. I can actually do another one. I have nothing to write. I have nothing to be afraid of. Except this time, I want those other guys to also do the test. We were not comfortable at all because they, they, they really frustrated my son. They tortured him, moving him, calling him, looking for him here and there. It was not... It was a very sad moment for us in the family. We were just praying and said, God, please reveal the truth to these guys. This is Louis' mother, Elizabeth Omolo. Here's a case of two families finding themselves in a public inquiry and a dead lady in the middle, looking at what happened in the Karin case. It is a trenching that in all the reporting and the investigations, she was just but a pawn. Here is how Louis used his leverage to get the Karin Chepchumba's family off his back. I walked him through everything from A to Z. And he got so angry. He called, at that time we had an officer of a PCIO. I don't know what they call these days. I called him and told him, how did this file get past you and get to the DVP's office without you appending your signature on it? I told him, I'll file now, I want to see it. And then it turns out, 
again, there were people within that investigation who had actually done that unofficially. So he actually just stuck to what the textbook says. He wasn't doing anybody any favors. And when he got the information, but he made a few calls, he got the information that there were two autopsy reports. And he said, what is it with all this irregular information? And then he said, making those calls. We stop them, or we're going to exhume. That's what it takes. He actually handled some serious police work. A serious political firing power in Louis' corner somehow made the entire matter go quiet. As I'd informed you earlier, this was a case of influence going after influence, which explains this reconciliatory tone. I want to offer the same opportunity to whoever did this heinous act, that God is available to forgive and to receive such in heaven. Louis, what do you think really happened to Karen? Somebody killed her, James. I can't tell. I'd be alleging. Somebody killed her. Louis believes the handling of Karin Chepchumba by the media was actually boshed because his enemies, media managers, were only too happy to celebrate his downfall. It was really very untidy. That was a dark period of my media life. So when the girl was found dead, the first thing they they, they, they said is that that was Louis' uh, other wife, and it's Louis who's killed her. Louis, Louis cannot kill anything or anybody. That one, I can swear with all my body, my life, everything I am that God gave me, Louis cannot kill. He did not kill anyone. He did not kill that girl. And he said the truth. He did not. So when they, they just started and the rumors spread and spread, it was hot, it was news everywhere. And um, social media blew it up. And I just said, such more, it will end. I don't think the media was fair because um, the media never took time to get to the bottom of this and because Leo Tiano was, was a public figure at that particular time and he could sell. So I don't think the media was very, very fair. When Dennis Onsarigo mentioned the unfairness of media to Louis, I wondered what that meant in real terms. Louis has complained to me a lot about how his story was handled. He genuinely believes there is some sort of a cancel in newsrooms that made his life hell. And when Karin died, they capitalized and sunk him with it. The truth is perhaps much less elaborate and conspiratorial. When news of Karin's death was leaked to the media, the crime reporters were the ones who received it. The Karin story then gets coverage, headline coverage to be sure, with crime desks from the top media houses handling it. They receive all the information from police, of course. Lou is a person of interest, and he's genuinely at the center of this story for five days. However, 
something happens on the coverage on the sixth day and the coverage starts slanting. Here's a headline, for instance. Louis Oteno speaks of innocence but silent on Kareen's millions. From this introduction of millions of shillings, which was a new angle that coincided with Louis deciding to do a press conference, the coverage became, well, no longer an investigation of a homicide or a suicide, but a celebrity scandal. Here is an excerpt from one of the papers when the story became a celebrity scandal. Former TV talk show King Louis Otieno came out this week to clear his name over his alleged involvement in the murder of his girlfriend, Karin Chipchumba. Good for him. The speculation was becoming hard to take. Karin and the former anchor are alleged to have been in a relationship during which Karin somehow accumulated a 10 million shilling debt, something quite surprising for a person her age. It was initially thought that Karin had committed suicide owing to a bottle of pills found next to her body. However, a postmortem examination revealed that the young lass had actually been strangled with bare hands. It shouldn't be too hard for our very own Horatius to catch the bugger that did this then. Their fingerprints and DNA will be all over Karin's neck. No? We know justice will prevail. If it doesn't, come a must. Karin's family has elected not to speak to media. I request we oblige. The inquest that was closed in June 2020 came up really short in getting justice for Karin. The investigative holes in that case are astounding. The media and social media hype around the case also didn't help. When you look at the case file and testimonies, some things just don't add up. Facts like, was Louis Oteno ever considered a suspect? Did Louis' DNA sample ever run against the semen sample found in Karin's body? Did the police ever ask any males close to Karin to also provide a sample? I'm not going to do another one. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to be afraid of. Because if you want to do a test, it means you're still holding some samples, right? So if you're holding samples, let's all do the test. And it fizzled out. Think about this. This case actually started as a suicide. There was a suicide note, and then it became a homicide. All these didn't raise eyebrows. A mother could call uh, her child a prostitute, but uh, should have been something of interest to, to the police, for example. Very troubling. The testimonies of relatives, support staff, and neighbors paint a picture of something that was happening behind the closed doors of this family. I think my mother outed her. And I think this person realized if people talk, there was a ruckus upstairs. We could hear it. Now I'm thinking, this girl is so small-bodied. They're going to kill her. Just for the record... Karin is a 26-year-old woman who, according to Louis, was routinely physically beaten up by her stepfather. Find your own face, if you can. When Karin moves out to her new apartment, where she's actually found dead, things changed for everyone in this relationship. The family was routinely visiting Karin, 
Louis as well was routinely visiting Karine. I don't understand what's happening here. I did visit her. And it's interesting, he always kept a meticulous record of any entry and exit. Did you have any sexual relation with her? No. They should have done that. Not only not not only in the neck, but in the house. The grasses, the grass where which was there. And not just fingerprints, they would have taken the saliva. Because usually the saliva has a lot of cells that can be used for DNA identification. That's government pathologist Dr. Njue. The crime scene, he says, had a lot of evidence, and he's shocked that investigators weren't bothered to pick samples. Karen's body was found safely tucked in her bed. Her killers wanted the world to believe she had committed suicide. And a well-written suicide note lying on her bedside. I will have you listen again to the suicide note, apparently written by Karin, but this time include all the information you have had about Lou Yotieno and the run-ins with Karin Chapchumba's family. Dear Dad, I really don't know where to start. I have so much to say. It's been a tough year for you and Mom. The worry I have put you through, the pain, the upset, it has been so hard for the family. All the misery was caused because of my selfish, conflicted and unreasonable behavior. I've thought about it and now I know why I chose the path that I did. Why I feel in the love with a man so horrible, so manipulative, a predator who takes advantage of the innocence and vulnerability. Oh, I was young, trusting and unassuming. Why I did not respect you, why I did these things that hurt you so much. I have stolen, lied, and a host of other unbelievable things that put me into a deep pit. I can never take that back. For a long time, I wasn't thinking. I simply did not think, and then it all wasn't wrong. I didn't think about the consequences, the hurt, the pain that you would feel as a result of my actions, and before I knew it, I had done wrong and disappointed you. I'm sorry. I sincerely want to become a much better person, better than what I ever was. The past few months have also been a huge life lesson. I've learned of things I never knew existed. I'm going to show you how much you mean to me. Do the little things that make you smile inside and out, make you proud. From now on, I will make good decisions which will benefit us all, and in the long run, make you a happier man. I love you, Dad. I am to love you more than I ever have. I respect, honor, and treasure you and mom. CK. Several questions come to mind. We do know Karin died of manual strangulation. That was the cause of death. So the suicide theory is nonsense. But if we are to entertain it for a moment, what exactly does it help us to solve in this mystery? If Karin was giving Luyotiano money, bear in mind, Luyotiano was jobless at this point, so this could be possible, why would he kill the goose that is laying the golden eggs? Sadly, Karin Chepchumba's killer is walking scot-free. For me, this is the most infuriating thing about this case, that this woman's life ended up being like 
a ping pong ball. There was much care given by the media and the public on the names and influence of those involved that her death was sort of a stage. The way only to solve this case is by police taking DNA samples from all males associated with Karin for clarity, that includes Louis Yotieno, and the person he's accusing as well, the stepfather. For the police investigators, nothing is excusable, and the director of public prosecution was right, sanctioning the investigators. This was beyond shoddy, beyond incompetence. It is criminal. Next time on Paradise Lost. Because I was called everything. An alcoholic. People said I was on heroin. People said I was on coke. People said so much stuff. My shrink told me for four nights they had given up on you. They were watching machines waiting to send you to the morgue. Paradise Lost is written and produced by me, James Smart. Our sound engineer is Mona Chuba. Edit producer, Sharon Ongayo. This podcast is recorded at Supersonic Africa. Our voice of artists is Yafesi Musoke. Theme song for this podcast is produced by Trevor Magak. Guitar by Benjamin Masinde. Piano by Samuel Hendrick. Copyright. Alfulela. Special thanks to Louis Otieno.